When Michelle and I sat down to record this episode with our guest, Dana Kelly, there was no way we could have predicted that it would run over two hours. There's so much good stuff we talked about that we had to break it in two parts rather than make it fit into one hour. Today, you're listening to Dana Kelly, part one, Be a Good Girl. Part two will be released next week. Please note that this episode contains depictions of sexual assault that some people may find disturbing. If you want to avoid this content, skip to the second half of Be a Good Girl, around the 44-minute mark. Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair. Grab your glass and let's get talking. Well, hello, Michelle. Oh I just my, caught you by surprise. You did. Because I opened with the hello. You like, you like, switch things in. around. Is it opposite day? <laughs> I didn't know. It is. It's like Waggy Wednesday here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So, hey. Hey. How are you today, Michelle? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Emily. Oh, how are good. you? It's been ages since so I've seen long. you. So long. Like yesterday, <laughs> we had the we went to the state sailing. I know. And then we went to that great place, junk over by the Lamp Brewery. And like, that... there's so much stuff there. I know. But it's J U N Q U E, so it's you know with like a French flair. It's fancy. Yeah. 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 I love that place. I've I've picked up many treasures there. It's an architectural salvage yard in St. Louis, and it's it's. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to those estate sales mm-hmm. and that great cape that I bought mm-hmm. for the I've, opera. For the opera, I finally figured out actually how you're supposed to put it on. <laughs> and it's even better than I thought at the house. Oh, wonderful. Because it has, it has pockets yeah. right in the middle. I feel like I'm a skater from, and I should be like, you know, from the 1904 World's Fair. Yeah. And have like a, you know, like a sleigh coming to pick me up or something. Oh. And this great velvet oh, thing. Oh, that's so lovely. Great velvet cape that I got for. $5. That place had a lot of romantic treasures. And in fact, my yeah. sister Satie was there. Yeah, How that crazy was crazy. Is that? We walked in and you're like, oh, that's my. That's yeah. my settee from my my room. I'm like, it is. And there's a big sold sign on it. I was like, yeah. oh, bummer. I could have bought it and been just like Emily. I know. So we, we could have been neighbors and have sister settees. I, yeah. And people are going to go like, "There's <laughs> who, who's Michelle? These who's girls are Emily? Too much. I can't tell them apart, right? That's what they're going to say. They're so going to be like, I don't true. know. I don't yeah, know what it is. But anyway, it's nice to see you again. Yes. It's lovely to see you, Michelle. Here at the studio uh, recording our podcast. I know. Here we are. We have another amazing... Amazing bottle of wine, and oh my gosh, such a great guest! I can't wait to introduce our or have our guests, like our listeners, meet our guests. I know, She's amazing. I know. And so we also have like another bit of really exciting news to share. We have a another co-producer who's in the studio with us today. Yeah, she is so trying to be very, very quiet and have nobody notice that she's even here. I know. Yeah, she's, you should see the looks she's giving. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? what? I can't believe you're talking yeah. about me. Yeah. So, Denise Naughton, who is on our SDL uh, Verified Good News Network 
uh, show that we did in the first season is officially joining our team as a producer, which is very exciting. It's about time we bring a professional on board, Emily. Well, you know, (laughs) all she had to do was show me her Emmy, and I was like, you are on. Get us a couple of those. Do you mind? (laughs) Yeah. So she joined the team and um, introduced us right away to Dana Kelly, which is our guest today. And I'm just absolutely delighted to bring Dana into our show. This is a name that many know, not just in St. Louis, but all around the United States, because this is a woman that has great strength and power. She is an activist. She's an artist, a poet, a diversity educator, a mom. She, within her work life, empowers individuals and other business owners. And You know, she is just a woman that has been through a lot um, and a great, many great stories of perseverance. And here she is. She's joining us today. It's fantastic. Welcome, Dana. Thank you guys so much. That was a (laughs) very great welcome. And I loved your shimmying. I love how you shimmied. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody could see that. Yeah. Yeah. They could could actually like feel it through the show. It's because I have these like little sparkles on my, on my tank top Mm -hmm. with my cardigan because, you know, it's cold in here. But yeah, Yeah. I like a little shimmer every now and then. well, but we do we do chair dance when the intro comes into the show. Mm-hmm. We're like dancing <laughs> to our own theme music. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's a lot of good energy in here. I love it. Well, we want to dive in and learn more about you and have you know many conversations because even before we hit the record button on this show, we were like already getting into it. I'm like, ladies, we gotta save it. We had some boob talk. We had all kinds of great stuff. But let. Let's let's talk about the juice that is lubricating this conversation. <laughs> the choice <laughs> of words today, yes. Emily. Goodness gracious! This is a family friendly <laughs> podcast. Oh no, I, I didn't I'll leave now. <laughs> <laughs> juice and lubrication, all in the same sentence. I'm not so sure where we're going Love with it. this today. I, I think but, it's going to be a good conversation. Let's talk about our little wine and here, and it's going to be accompanied by a wine from Chateau Barbanon. This is a rosé from Provence. This is the L'Instant. Um, it is uh, 2016. Um, I'm pretty excited about this wine. Uh, there's a, I started doing a little research on it just to learn about it before you know our show. And so I've read some great reviews. And there's one, Michelle, I'm going to have to read you because it sounds like I don't know. Have you already tasted it? Oh, no. So, okay. I'm excited to hear this. So it's it feels like I'm walking naked through Provence lavender fields, sun lightly kissing my buttocks under the southern French sky. <laughs> yeah. No, so if I had uh-huh. written that, it had been like, I feel like I'm walking naked through the lavender. Why am I walking naked through the lavender fields? Have I drank too much rosé and now my clothes are off and the sun, the sun is shining. So hard on my face right now. Where is the? Where are my glasses? I need where another bottle. Pants? What is your name, is sir? Is my ass taking too much sand? <laughs> yes. I will never get this out. That's what if I had written that. Mm, me too. But um, yes. but I don't know. You know, I've not drank this. Uh, Barbanol. Yeah, it's a no. It's a you know no, a, a, a rosé. So I guess that would yeah. Barbanol. This know. would be you know a rosé from Provence. It has that color that you like. 
you know, of the Provencal kind of rosés, a really light, pale pink. Some call it a fashionable pale pink, you know, kind of like what I'm wearing today, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I always try to coordinate my outfits to the wine <laughs> that I'm going to drink, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in purple. I need to wear, wear a rosé. I mean, I drink a rosé. Right. I try not to wear it You don't want to clash. Well, for one, let's just talk about, like, safety from a garment standpoint. It's better to match your wine. Right. That makes sense. (laughs) I mean, I have, fortunately, I've been drinking wine for a while now that I spill very rarely. Yes. But when I do, I really spill. And usually it's because I am talking too much with my hands and Mm -hmm. I knock over all the glasses around me. And people are like, well, she's had enough. I'm like, no, no, it's just, I'm I'm just expressive with my hands. Yes. And they're like, no, I think you've had too much to drink. I'm like, okay, whatever. Just pour me another. My spills often end up on other people. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank goodness we're on the opposite side of the table. (laughs) Not myself. No, mine don't either. It's good I, mean, I like the glass. I push it out towards somebody else. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but everyone, so far, my recollection of those times is everybody's been really nice to me. Yes, <laughs> yes. When we were putting ourselves together, so I'm interested in getting everyone's impressions on this wine. It's very, very interesting to me. I'm, you know, on the nose, like I get this kind of ruby red grapefruit kind of experience. And, um, you know, some raspberry and cherry. I also, there's something I can't quite pin my nose on yet, but there's a there's this kind of grassy or hay-like nature about it. And that could be because it's one of those all-natural wines that's, you know, it's like, you know, pesticide-free, eco-friendly, all of it. And so I may be getting some of that natural quality out of it. Um, I also, maybe a little thyme, you know, on the nose as well. But, T-I-M-E or T-H-Y-M-E? Well, as in the herb. <laughs> okay. As in the herb. You know, on the palate, um, I'm getting some really interesting tropical fruit, like guava. You know, it's very, a, a very I didn't, juicy. I didn't get any of those I'm things. getting guava out of this. That's the really? first time you've ever called guava out on I know, any of I the wines. I know, but I get it. It's here. Okay. Do they grow guava in France? I don't think so. I don't so. think so, but I'm getting it as a tasting note. So that would have to be like some really freaking deep soil and lava <laughs> that came all the way over from the tropics underneath the Pacific and the Atlantic to find their way to Provence. You know, you never know. To pull the it guava. Could have been, it could have been a pigeon that carried the guava. Or it could, like, <laughs> could have been like a bee or a bird or something, but that is the first. I mean, I've, I've heard some, that's the first. That's, I mean, so they've I'm, gone to pigeon pigeons for this one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I like the way it tastes. Mm-hmm. Not so keen on the way it smells. I don't like yeah, I think it's that natural I'm, herbaceous kind of it's stuff. Kind of that's smelling different. a little, it's a little funky, little, right? Little funky little perm yeah. solution. It's bright, <laughs> kind of like yeah, you're right. It's yeah, it's that. like yeah, well, like when you get the fizz, right? It's mm-hmm. like oh, you've inhaled it, but it tastes much better than it smells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think it's I don't know. delicious. I yeah, on that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we know that tastes better than it smells? <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle. Well, I just made everybody speechless on that question. Won't this be a fun episode? Mm, there are a lot of cheeses mm-hmm. <laughs> that taste better than they smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what you were talking about. That's exactly about. what I was talking about. 
Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, fromage, <laughs> fromage, beau fromage. Ooh. <laughs> um, so, I, if you care about what my uh, my reactions are, besides my nose, I find that this is uh, a wine that, if I were to purchase, mm-hmm. I would want to purchase two to three bottles because I would want to share it with my girlfriends or my guests. Mm-hmm. But this is a bottle that's going to go away really fast because it's easy to drink and you're going to want to have another one on, on deck. Oh, absolutely. Yes. To, to, to pour in the glasses because you don't want to be considered like, well, she had one, one like Capri Sun to share with everybody. Um, yeah, I have to agree with that. Yeah. But honestly... It's not remarkable. It's like mm. not something that I'm writing home about and I'm like, oh my God, I have to have 20 of these or you're going to be okay if you buy this. You know, you're not, no one's going to be offended by it. No one's going to be like, that really sucks because it doesn't suck. So is this like the flowery penny from Target? Like it it looks pretty, it'll do, but it's not Victoria's Secret. It won't. Or it wouldn't even do uh, for me. I'm not going to the store for this. I mean, Ooh. I might if I had a, if I had a coupon on Amazon and I was needing some panties. That's like that. It's kind mm. of like that. It's like I haven't even gone to the store, but wow. I know my size. That's harsh, ladies. But I'm not being Sorry. harsh. It's just it's it tastes better than it smells. Okay. You won't go wrong. I, I have no idea what the price point is on this. $18. Get out of no. town. For a rosé from Provence, that's a pretty good standard and, you know, entry point, price point, oh, right? Oh, I'm Not think- for the smell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, okay. thinking, I'm thinking, yeah. But anyway, I'll, I will I will make a sacrifice and I will keep drinking it because okay. that's what I do. Well, I already had to refill the glasses. No, you just topped it off because you wanted to make sure we had enough to right. drink during yeah. our, right. our first segment. So it can't be... Too shabby. No, like it. No, the, the taste itself it, isn't bad. It like I'm just yeah. saying I wouldn't make a special trip for it. There's already so many other better ones. Yeah, because you you it you're disappears. a rosé fan, right, Dana? No. no oh, I'm, I'm so not. sorry. I thought you were. Oh no, I'm a Pinot Grigio person. Oh, but okay. this this rosé just kind of disappears. You know, mm. it doesn't have the long finish like we've had on other bottles of wine that mm. we've drank. It sort of disappears after you after you swallow it. Well, yeah, it's light, very light. Yeah. yeah. So what what I can say because I am not a rosé fan um, that I do I like this rosé better than any other rosé I've had. Oh, well, because I don't. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It, the other ones are too too sweet. This yeah. one isn't. As no, it's not sweet, sweet at all. No. Yeah, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even know it was a rosé. Oh well, there you, you go. Me. See, okay, so, so, so I think we've sent out a lot of mixed signals on this one. We have, I, you know, hopefully, right. maybe no, maybe our producer is going to keep track of it. But uh, <laughs> no, I would say that this is kind of like a pair of panties that mm, you need. It's a laundry day panty. No, it's not that bad. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. It's not a laundry day panty. It's it's a, it's just it's maybe a utilitarian kind of panty. Just like, you know, you like you're gonna go like for a bike ride. Yeah, maybe it's a bike ride panty. Yeah, you know, it, it's not a pack of panties. <laughs> okay, no, it's not a pack. It's not a pack of panties. <laughs> okay, you can it's, still buy it on its own. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So there it, it is. Have, it just doesn't have a whole lot of lace or pretty like yeah. pretty things on it. It's yeah. just you know, it's in the five dollar bin, but it better be on sale for three bucks. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, does that make sense? It does. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Hmm. Emily doesn't find a wine or a pair of panties that she doesn't like. Uh, oh, I definitely find panties that I do not like. And what do you and do? And I definitely what, do find wine that I don't like as well. Do, do you get rid of the panties if you don't like them? What do you? I mean, I, I yeah, I kind of keep them around. I, I was gonna say I don't either. I don't throw them away. And I'm like, you just never know when you need panties. What, what happens when you well, do the laundry? Well, okay, so I've actually turned some of them <laughs> that I don't like into like cleaning cloths. What? Yeah, exactly. Oh, girl. How so? Because they're made of really soft material, so they're great to dust with. <laughs> really? Well, I now, can, yeah, see, now I'm never going to come over to your house and say, can I buy it? Can you just give me a rag to like like wipe this down on? Yes. No, Emily, why do I have your panties? Oh, don't worry, Michelle. They're just my cleaning panties. <laughs> I, I, have, I have no idea um, about that. But, you know, I can totally see you doing that, though, because yes. only you would have cleaning material. Or like for shining shoes. <laughs> doing the silver, yeah, doing the silver with the panty because yeah. it's a softer yeah. material. That's exactly fabric. right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, I, on the other hand, <laughs> would just reuse my children's t-shirts, you know, like if like t-shirts or, you know, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I'll make those into rags and stuff like durable. that. But I'm children but, free. But you're children <laughs> free. So right. I can see where you don't have like, what the fuck am I going to do with this bag of t-shirts that nobody yeah. wears and nobody's in a 5T anymore, right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a difference. Yeah. But I mean, if I, you thought, Emily. Clean that, the silver. Well, wow. yeah. I think right now, everybody here who's listening to the <laughs> podcast, I'm making this a note. You understand why I will not go over and help Emily clean her house now. <laughs> so everybody, and there's no judgment, right? Because I do not want to put my hands in Aunt Emily's panties. All right? I don't. Well, I'm not judging you, Emily. I'm actually going through my drawer in my head. Yeah. Like, which panties can I try to dust <laughs> with to see if it works? Right, like, right. You know, which shine your I mean, I've taken a socks and used it real quick. You shine know, the like, shoes with? Yeah, I mean, seriously. Oh, look, there's like pollen really well. on the windowsill. Let me grab that old sock and wipe it down. I don't need I've, a sock. I've Throw done that with you know, the ones my, totally. my ex-husband would poke a hole in them. You know, I've, mm-hmm. yeah, I've done that. You know, you can use old holy socks and right. you know, crappy t-shirts and stuff, but... Never. That's actually Have the thought to use panties. <laughs> I mean, they're nice materials, right? Yeah. They're not going to scratch at things, and but they're always like a. I mean, because to me, I think using your panties is the same as using your hands. Mm-hmm. Because really? Of, yeah. Because, so thin, but they're they're so thin and and like barely there. But think about things that you want a good shine on. You know that that like really allows that you to get a up. good buff. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. That's well, I don't have a whole lot of things I want to have a good shine on in my house, too. So <laughs> there's that. probably saying a lot to my character. I'm not really a great <laughs> domestic. Oh, God. Really <laughs> Believe me. I mean, I'm not either. But my, I, I, I think it's my frugal of, nature that has me like, like going, hmm, I can't throw these away. Hmm. They're still new. I hate them. So I'm not going to put them on I, my body. Right, but so I think I'll use them What to, can I do with it? And hmm, To know. wipe down the art. In the house. So you're, exactly. Right? Because then the art is like, oh, what pretty panties it you're feels- using. And th- nobody has to wear them, right? No. I just didn't think panties had that capacity. Now, my, my, my bra. 
Some oh. old bra that I have definitely have that type of capacity. Like, right. put the hand in there and get all <laughs> in there. And there's I some do good have that wax the car space. with it. Yes. Wax on, wax off. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, when now I'm, I'm going to go try some stuff. When I'm we'll done with the bra, happens. it just so, goes straight away into the yeah, well, dumpster. So we know? had a little bit of a boob conversation before we started the show. And, you know, you... Michelle talked about going through a breast reduction. So what did you do with all of those bras that you had that were prior to the reduction? So I would like to say that I drove down the highway as fast as I possibly could with the top down in the car. And I just let every big size H bra go left and right. <laughs> like, and it would like land on people's windshields and there was like crashes on 55, but that didn't happen. No, I just probably, I just gave him to goodwill. Okay. Yeah. Not nearly as exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, that's great. People, well, yeah, because there are I people who need them, H's right? are so needed. And they're hard to find they and expensive, very, right? Very expensive. Yeah. yeah, I had five pounds taken off of my chest when I had my breast reduction. So I have my boobs are actually only twelve years old mm. <laughs> because I had my my reduction like in two thousand. You're going through puberty all over again. Yeah, and she did a she did a breast lift at the same time. And I right. I think I've I know I've talked about this when I've been drinking before, but maybe not on the podcast. That my nipples are like they'll never point down because mm. they're perfectly placed right in the center. They're saying hello. All the time. Yeah. All the time, yeah. And then I had a great plastic surgeon here in town who, female, and she's very um, conscious about retaining the nerve connection to the nipple. She does. Mm, Unlike there's uh, like some men, plastic surgeons will just cut the nipple off, put it off the side, the areola, you know, put it off the side, do what he needs to do. And then like, you know, just tap, tack it back on, you know, maybe some super glue or something and like, (laughs) God, see you later, lady. Hope they're level. So if you're going to have a breast reduction, she's still in the business. She still is. to get her digits. Absolutely. uh, Dr. Patricia McGuire. Mm-hmm. Park Crest Plastic Surgery. So we should probably call them after this show and see if they want to advertise. Since <laughs> brought to you by. Brought to you by. But no, she's great. And she said that the the second most rewarding uh, surgeries that she does are breast re- reductions. The first most re- most rewarding are breast reconstructions mm-hmm. from from uh, after cancer. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just, yeah, I was m- so happy when I got rid of my H's. So I'm curious, were both of, because both of you, we talked about the fact that, you know, you both have, have been blessed, breast blessed. Um, so <laughs> twice blessed. That, yes. Right. So was that something that you noticed very early on or was it something that ju- they just kept growing as, mm. as you've mm. been through the years? For Mine, me, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, for me, I never, never wore a training bra. I woke up, um, Almost 14. I was 13. Um, I was maybe a couple months from 14. And my dad, my bubba, he was saying, uh, you won't be in school today. <laughs> so I woke up like, it was just like, wow. You woke and, up one day and you and, had boobs. Yeah. And he took me to, uh, is it Joanne's? Um, whatever the, the bra. The Anne's bra Anne's shop. bras. So you immediately went to. like St. Peter's or something. Because I was that's like, like a, a little- shop for uh, girls that have 
bigger breasts. That had been overwhelming at 14. It was. Yeah. I was scared. I hadn't even gotten my cycle yet. I had Did all they these hurt? <laughs> Did it that was, hurt? I don't remember it hurting. Yeah. I just remember the look on my, my bubba's face. It's like, we're going to go over. Mm-hmm. He was, there was no Google back then. So yeah. right. he was on the phone with about 20 something people. Like trying to figure out what do I do with her chest, you know? <laughs> so, right. <laughs> it was just a lot of, you know, cursing. Really? And a lot of, (laughs) a lot of, you know, and my mom's like, it's going to be fine, you know? So it was just a whole lot of stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So your, your dad is of Arabic descent. Yeah. And so like just culturally speaking, was that, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have any family members that are Arabic. Like, yeah. What was that like? Um, oh, was he was he very liberal? Was he? I mean, no, you're a feminist. Was he a feminist? Did he embrace that? You was would, it? You would think he wasn't, but he was. Okay. Um, he, I'll put it this way: he was until his daughter's warrants. So whatever oh. his daughters wanted, that is what went. His his wife and his daughter. So you know, he, he, he those- put his foot down. Until our brown eyes looked up, if that makes sense. It's yeah. Like, yo, you know, I, I really, really want to do this for you, Dad. I really want to be this girl, you know. But in my heart, and he's like, well, it's in our heart, so no, you know, this is where we're going to go. So, okay. Very, very strong. He had a very, very sweet Very spot. strict. <clears throat> but when it comes to the girls, he just, everything we wanted. Everything we wanted. Wow. It was crazy. He's a very hard man, and he was really strict about his culture. You could see that he wanted to to do those things, but um, he even separated a lot from his family because mm-hmm. they didn't agree with the things that he allowed us to get away with. Interesting. I see. Wow. Okay. That must have been hard on him to mm-hmm. like separate from the family, but uh, but like support. I mean, what a what a sort of. Um, I don't know, Catch-22 he was in. It was like, yeah. no matter which way he turned, somebody was going to be disappointed in him. But it was, yeah. it was sounds like it was cool that he chose he saw, his kids. He saw, some you, things, yeah. he saw things a lot different, though. Um, was he an immigrant? Yes. He, he, oh, he is over. an immigrant? He was. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he first came over. But um, when he, he saw things a lot different. He was here a lot earlier than his other family. Mm. And he, of course, had a confectionery. <laughs> and uh, it was on Dr. Martin Luther King um, near Taylor. You say, of course, had a confectionery. Because it's the stereotype. Oh, and, uh, okay. <laughs> that Arab men have like stores, like little corner stores and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but he had a corner store. He had a, it was a confectionery. He had the meat part, the meat market portion, and then like the regular. And how old were you at this time, you're recalling? Um, we were, I think I was about seven or eight when he first opened up. Okay. Um, were you, I mean, was that like a proud family moment? Like, so no, we didn't like, we didn't, didn't hang know. out there. Like, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> like, we went there. It, it was already open. And he was already in operations. Like, okay. uh, school was very, very, like, that was in the forefront. And so um, we mm-hmm. were always 
in studies. Like I remember being a very little girl, like before I even went to school, I already knew how to read. I was already in workbooks. I had homework before I was even in pre-K. Wow. <laughs> so, was that from so, your dad or from your mom? From my mom. Okay. That's so from okay. my mom. Yeah. Uh, we weren't really allowed to go outside, so. You weren't allowed to go outside? No. Why? So my mom was, so we, we grew up, I grew up in North City, St. Louis, and South City. We our, My mother and my mm-hmm. father stayed in South City. My big mama stayed in North City. Um, there was really nothing going on for little girls, uh, little black girls. That was great. <laughs> you know, back then. And so in order to keep us safe and clean, we stayed in. And so we played inside games. We knew how to play. We even played kickball in the basement. And, and like, wow. like um, we played cards. And mm. so not even know. allowed to go in the backyard and do Mm-mm. things in the backyard. Nope. That's interesting. Nope. We, when we were older. Um, we so we got to go on the farm going growing up too though so we okay. got some outside time but it was like during the summer and during Christmas breaks and stuff like that it was so a special occasion was, to we, go were outside. we were out um, but yeah. we were at the farm and we got to go out like that it wasn't we didn't just go play outside with our friends mm-hmm. no no were there neighborhood children in the area that you could play with and go to their house and no. they could come over no no oh, no no no. Um, we had enough of us. There was like 40-something of us. My big mama had um, nine living kids, and they all had, on average, four. Oh, wow. Okay, okay yeah. So there was enough cousins. Um, the girls were That were stay, all at your big, big yeah, mama's house? That are all at the big, at big mama's house. Wow. Um, the most outside we got was at the on the front porch. Mm-hmm. So, But we weren't allowed to leave the porch. Do you remain close with all of these Family members? We're everywhere, though. Yeah. So, we, we, you know, we're in all different cities now. I was telling Denise, I was just with my cousin, um, Lisa, and I was so proud. I'm, I'm sitting here, like, glowing over Denise, and I took a, fo- a photo of my cousin, um, and I don't know that I showed you this or whatever. I was just like, but she hadn't told me anything. She's like eight Emmys. I took a photo of her oh in the background. She's like Emmys? eight Emmys in the background. I was like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> why don't you say anything? We would celebrate. I'm just like gleaming. People are modest she about never these said Emmys. anything. Never yeah. said anything. But she, she's my only cousin with Emmys, though. Just so you know, <laughs> like, that's but fascinating. Just, and just, Emmy's like, in like a news production. Well, she's a producer. She, she as far as long as I've known her, she's worked uh, for ESPN and sports channels and okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and she's a producer for sports okay. networks and stuff like that. Okay. And wow. I've always been super Jay. She's so jealous. Um, she's <laughs> she's like six years older than me. Um, so it puts her way in her 40s now. She'll kill me. I hope she doesn't see it. Well, I hope she sees it, but I hope she don't. But uh, she, but she's um, Baywatch babe still. Like wow. crazy, crazy Gosh. good looking. Her twin, she has a set of twins. They're like two. And she's still Baywatch. It's crazy. Like That's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, my my children are 24, 20, and 16. And I think I left Baywatch like when I was 14 or 15, was way before they were even thought of, I left the Baywatch behind. You I was know. about to say that myself. I was Baywatch. <laughs> what? I was Bay. I was, I was, bay, never, right? I was never Baywatch. Right. That's me. 
So I would like to ask a question that might be taking this conversation a little bit of a different direction, and I hope you're okay with that. Um, You know, we're talking about all of your time spending with this large family, Mm -hmm. you know, that you have, like, coping with their situation, playing kickball in the basement, and all of these relatives, which just sounds like a charming situation in, like, making the best of your situation Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I also know from just talking with you previously that you have also spent time on your own at a very young age having a homeless period. And Mm -hmm. so I'm curious about what transpired to take you from um, having all of this family around you to being completely alone for a while? Like what happened? And can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. So... Um, so being a girl and, um, and in order to tell the story, I have to go back. Okay. Uh, I was 11 when I was sexually assaulted by my cousin who was 16 at the time. Uh, I didn't tell my parents until I was way older. Okay. Um, Do you remember what your thinking was that you didn't go to your parents? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, that night, uh, I cried, and my girl cousin, who was 19, she helped me. She took me into the bathroom, and she cleaned me up, and she talked to me, and she um, she was very kind. And um, she explained to me that if I were to tell my parents that I wouldn't see them again, because do you think that's before true? I went to bed that night. And hindsight, I do believe it was true because I feel that my parents would have um, murdered my cousin. Okay, so that. it wasn't necessarily because DFS would have come in and taken yeah, you away. I in my mind, I was 11. I didn't know why. You didn't know why. But I did know that I wanted to see my parents. I didn't know I wanted to be with my mom. I wanted to be with my dad. And um, I don't know that I even believed her. I just know that... I didn't want to be where I was, and I just went silent. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a... I don't know why I didn't tell my parents. You're I just, 11. I, I mean, we are not raised to be able to deal with these kinds of traumatic situations. Like, we don't we don't know how to handle it. We don't have a vocabulary for it. We don't can't even comprehend it, you know, so... It's way, way too young to understand. I wonder uh, if your older female cousin had not been there to help you through the aftermath. And this is all speculation. You just, you know, we don't know what what might have, might have transpired. If her comfort and her guidance made you be quiet Versus had she not been there and you would have been not knowing an answer, not, you know, and then you maybe reached out to a a parent or an adult or something like that. I wonder, I wonder if that was a critical, um, at the same time, great that you had somebody to help you cope with the the trauma, the aftermath of what had just happened to you. But again, she's 19. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was, she didn't have the, she's not a psychologist. She's not, she's not like um, trained in trauma mm-hmm. recovery. And she, was, and she was protecting her brother. 
and she was protecting oh, her brother. Who was the, the perpetrator? Who, oh, so had he? Uh, do you suspect or do you know? Did he have a history of this kind of behavior? I don't think so. I don't okay. think that he never ever done. He had never done anything to me prior, and never did into anything to me after, um, because. Because I never said anything, we were over there more. We were still, we were over there again, you know. Yeah. Um, How did she? Did you find yourself keeping your, keeping away absolutely. from him? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. That was like and, a survival and mode. my sister, my baby sister, like, was never allowed to like, and I think that, well, I know that it was noticed um, because before that happened, I was his sidekick. I mm. was... I was next to him. I wouldn't. I was never anywhere with anybody else. I was always with him. He was your best friend. You he were... was my bestie. Oh my gosh! And uh, um, so yeah. betrayed by your best friend. Yeah. And so he. Um, but yeah, but I didn't allow my sister to go near him. And every time my other cousins, because uh, we had three girl cousins who were staying, there was just a lot of people in the house at the time. Because my aunt, who's the reason we were over there in the first place, she had three girls and they were all our ages. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was my sister and I and her three girls and we all hung out and that's where they were living at the time and that's why we were there in the first place. Um, so whenever we were hanging out, I just made sure we just never went anywhere near his mm -hmm. room. So, how, mm. I mean, I don't know... Like, how to even um, say this without, I don't know, I hope you this doesn't come it. out I'm the okay. wrong way. But, um, you know, you guys were best friends. He, he betrayed that in the worst way. And then, of course, like, you never were around him again. Did he, Do you? is there any part of him that understood that he... Did something honestly? I, I don't. I don't know. We. I was nineteen mm -hmm. when um, I like was in the thick of the thoughts of it. You mm -hmm. know, because when I was a kid, it was like it just. It was something that really, really bad that happened to me that I had no control over, and I, I couldn't help but be there and with this person, mm -hmm. and I just had to keep going. I don't really know how I did that, honestly, <laughs> like thinking back. I just don't know. Right. Um, well, but, you said you kind of, you you lived inside, you buried it for yeah. a while, right? I think so. I, I mean, yeah. I had to. I had yeah. to because yeah. I just kept going. And um, and you didn't want to lose your parents. So there was a fear on that. Yeah, but, but I want to, honestly, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about not losing my parents every time they sent us over there. Like mm -hmm. it, I, I can't honest, I can't say that. Like mm -hmm. even you know, at a you know, each time we they sent us over there, I wasn't going. Well, I'm gonna be quiet because I don't want to lose my parents. Mm -hmm. All I could think about was he better not go anywhere near my sister. I'm gonna cut him, you know, mm -hmm. or you know, we're just gonna be yeah. over here. We may not even see him, you know, that type of thing. I thought to protect myself, but mainly, um, just being with my cousins. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just did not you even share thinking about it with your rest of your family, or did you keep that very private? I, I told no one. I told okay. no one, and it wasn't, but it wasn't very long before I told his mother because okay. I was one of her favorite favorite pieces. She used to call me her niece. She used to call me Dana Dane. And I used. I was one. I was the only person she gave candy to. You know, <laughs> um, and so I thought, you know, when I got up the nerve. 
I told her. Like, I went in her room, and, and I and said— how much time had passed when you— I don't—I I couldn't have been—I don't know. I, I hadn't even gotten to 13 yet. Okay. So— uh, but she noticed. It was like, I noticed that you don't go anywhere, you know, because mm-hmm. I was next to him all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she had been drinking or what, but she had finally, like, asked me, like, what's up, you know? And I told her. I don't know. I don't know exactly how everything, you know, got why, to that like point. Why, but, yeah. Um, but I told her, I was like, um, I was sleeping in your girl's room and, you know, came home from practice and. And then I was telling her, you know, everything that happened. And and she just looked like she was she was just had this look on her face. Sorry. No, no. it's it's um, okay. And But there was this this blank stare. You know, it was just like all this silence. Do you think she just shut down? She didn't want to hear, did she? <sighs> I thought that she was I thought she felt the way I felt. I thought she was hurt, you know, like her mm-hmm. That's what I thought at first. And then she said, you can't be lying on him like that. Oh, well, she didn't want to believe it, right? That was her, yeah. It was her son. Right. Um, but I know. think she must have believed it. I think at first she wanted uh, to protect the little girl that was in her room. Right. But then she protected her son instead. Are you um, as I, I would guess that the relationship you had with your aunt changed at that no. moment of time. Oh, yeah. I, got, I didn't go over there anymore after that. Was that your choice or her? Yeah, it was yeah mine. yours. Okay. Was and to this day? She, um, don't... We've, we've seen each other yeah. um, because her sister um, with the three daughters, I love her so much. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, we all have a relationship, um, but I don't have a relationship with her or her. Uh, and that hurts. That hurts you. I, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Like, like looking at your face, this this trauma that happened to you at, at age eleven, still still there. It's not something that that you're like, okay, I'm in my forties now. <laughs> I'm over it. That's having what... me. You yeah. know, grow a pair, girl. Yeah. Like, get out. You know, yeah. It's still there, and and it's still there. I think on a on a on a number of levels, right? Not just uh, the 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 physical assault that you endured, but every time you told somebody, it was an assault again because because don't, well, it broke don't, your family down. Don't you right? don't you betray him or don't yeah. you take him down like that. It was almost like you were being and I'm putting words in your mouth here and you know please stop me if the, if any of this does not resonate no, with you. I know what you're about to say. Um, it's almost me being chastised for speaking up. Speaking up. And like and, so mm-hmm. like being for a, trying to get any type of protection. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then being assaulted again in a way. Like we're not going to protect you, but it's just good luck. But it was mainly uh, because I spoke up to the wrong people. But as a child, you don't know who's so right. So you know, you go to the adults. You know, okay. (laughs) What would you tell? What would you tell a young person listening to our podcast? How do you know who's the right person to go to? Who would you tell them to go to? I would. I, I always tell them to go to their mom or their dad, and if they can't go to their mom or their dad, you go to the person you've always felt most protected. 
did you feel most protected by that aunt? No. Okay. I didn't feel I, mo- I felt most protected by my by my mom and my dad, but and, I couldn't go to my mom and my dad. Right. Well, you um, felt you couldn't go to them yeah. at that time. Yeah. So, um, okay, so if you were taking that advice yourself as like if you were giving that advice and to your 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old self, who in your family would you have gone to? I would have I would have gone to my mom and my dad. Mhm. Mom and dad. I would have gone to knowing just but that's knowing what I know now. Yeah. Um it's it's so I understand and I don't and I still don't still at 40. I don't understand why I didn't open up. And I wish to God I did. Well, I mean, I think it's an unrealistic expectation on yourself. Well, I mean, well, what I'm saying is I don't understand it to even help a child at 11 Mm. or 12 to give them to advise them to say, hey, this is the best way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I can't explain why I didn't open up at 11 or 12. I don't have I don't have those answers and I've been searching for them for a long time. Um, what I've done yeah. with my kids uh, is we have very, I mean, we are, we're so open with each other. Yeah. My kids are so inappropriate. It's not even funny. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so um, that's the difference in um, conversations that I wasn't, uh, we didn't have those types of conversations with my mom and my dad. There are um, no nicknames for private parts in your family? No. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. vagina, it's penis, it's it's, it's, it's whatever. Well, I don't. I can't say that there are no nicknames. It's for whatever they're comfortable with calling it. Mm-hmm. But they can call it. But you're not afraid you know, to talk about it. No, and we talk, and we've talked about sex, and we've mm-hmm. like my sons actually. Um, they can tell it the the funniest when it was time to have that sex talk. They were they were nine. Um, my oldest was nine. And his brother was five. He was there. So, mm-hmm. you know. He got to listen. He got to see it. Yeah. Um, and then they were a little bit older. Um, and they were 14 and 10. Mm-hmm. And we had the conversation again. Oh, no, they were 13 and 9. Um, because it was his time for his nine-year-old brother to have the mm-hmm. conversation. But this time at 13 and 9, they tell the story the best. But I had slides you know, yeah. herpes slides, you know, like I had all the gore, you know, like I can show. Like, so this is what happens when you don't use condoms. Yeah. And, you know, so I showed all the, all the bad stuff and I showed them about whole 314 or whole 314 or whatever, which is this like strain of chlamydia or like strain of. Does it have like that, the, our area code on it? It has our area code oh, on it. That's how I can remember it. It was oh like whole 314 or something. Is but it, it named was, after our it area? Was. Oh, oh no, it's a, oh, it was a strain okay. of HIV. That was killing people off in 48 hours. And I, I, I oh, pulled it wow. up and I showed I was like, yeah, it, it actually exists, guys. Ho 314. And so <laughs> it was over in like another country, but I didn't tell them that no, part. No. And so yeah. like, this is why you use condoms, guys. And then, you know, the baby, you know, the babies um, had photos of those and mm-hmm. ugly ones. My- Just so they can see like. This sub happens too. Like ugly right. babies happen my- when you don't use condoms. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah, ugly babies arrive. Ugly babies happen when you don't use condoms, guys. It is so it takes them to tell the story. But- my aunt is a uh, she's a nurse midwife, and so my cousins, who my male cousins who are contemporaries in age, uh, talk about their mom. Uh, giving them like the sex talk and she had a big medical book and she would turn it to 
every single sexually transmitted disease and elephantitis of the balls and all of these things. And they talk about about it. It was like, oh, let's talk about when mom brought out the book, the (laughs) The book, book, you know. And I I kind of feel like as a a mother that I was at a disservice because we didn't have big books. You just had to go to Google, right? But it was like, uh, you know, it's like, I think the whole, the whole, Act and the drama of sitting down with your 13 year old son and pouring over the pages of all these oh, yeah, nasty yeah, yeah. medical conditions yeah. that you will get if yes. you put your penis uncovered in another person. Well, see, I didn't tell him, you know, I, I think that was the beauty of our discussion. I was like, I'm not telling you not to have sex. Right. No, yeah. I would never tell you not to have sex because I know what's going to happen, guys. I'm just saying, use these condoms because this is what I don't want to happen to your penis. <laughs> and these are the type of babies mommy don't want you bringing home. You know? And then there's also like, you know, syphilis. You don't know you have it until you've gone crazy. Yeah. So if you don't want to go crazy in life, yeah. then, you know, cover the you know, condom. Girls don't tell you what they have. They no. let you find out on your own. Uh, and, and neither do guys, <laughs> neither by do. the way. Well, you I know, had right? sons, so oh, right, I right. was on... Team man, team boy. Yeah. Well, and, 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 <laughs> the, the phrase is don't wrap it, don't tap it till you wrap it. Don't tap it till you wrap it. I had mm-hmm. my son so scared. They were, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this or whatever, but I had my son so scared. They were actually like uh, doing their thing in condoms. They were oh, masturbating yes. in condoms. Yeah. They were That's masturbating in condoms. So I was like, this is different. <laughs> I asked my guy friends and stuff about it. And their dad's like, dude, have you ever heard of some shit like this? <laughs> Never. So, because I know that they were, at the time, I was a single mom. And so. I was like, oh, my condoms are... <laughs> this is crazy. So were you were you bringing them home for them? Or are they oh, finding them out well, of yours? they were my condoms. <laughs> this is my stash. At the time, my, my brother worked for Truth, which is the smoking campaign or whatever. Yeah. He came home with this big suitcase full of, like, magnums. And I took, like, I mean, yeah. at well, least a girl, least a girl needs to be prepared. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and I had a whole drawer full. And before and then, I knew it. They were gone. <laughs> I, yeah, they were gone. And I was involuntarily celibate. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm looking like, what the hell, guys? Who's getting this much action? Because it's not me. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's how I found out. Yeah. There's gonna be no ugly babies, Mom. I promise no you. There'll be no ugly babies. I promise you. I've been. I listened to what you said, and I'm taking care of and it. And there's no ugly shower babies either. No ugly shower babies, right? Like, Everything yeah. was clean business. I never had to find any socks or nothing. It was cool babies. Just worked out like for a me. Lot of, a lot of toilet oh paper God. wrapped condoms in the, yeah. in the in the trash. Oh, man. Well, that's that, crazy. that part was bad. Well. It's like a, you know, it's like, dude, if I was buying these, this would be a very expensive habit. They <laughs> <laughs> so. buy involuntary celibacy. Oh yeah, bastards! So, right? Why are you rubbing it? Just reminding in? me, right? But I'm not getting yeah. any, right? It's yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, let's take a little brief pause here because Tiny pause. Uh, we've we yeah our glasses need off. a refresh and uh, yeah we'll circle back exactly. Let's go check our condom stash. Okay. <laughs> All right. (laughs) 
And we're back. We are back. Thank mm. you for doing such a great job of doing a fair pour. Oh, I, you know, a fair I do share I pour. I know. On this mm, not so great rose, but I'm still drinking I'm loving it. it. Like it's a, I'm like fi- it's fabulous. I'm loving it. I'm finding like more and more tropical flavors come out as it, as I'm like. It, it reminds me of. It's like, like a kiwi fruit now, isn't it? Pineapple. <laughs> I'm getting pineapple. <laughs> I'm getting more problems with it the longer I drink oh, it. Oh, no. So it's the after. Do you need ice cubes? It's the aftertaste. <laughs> no, I Some tonic. It has some after. You just need a shot of tequila. Oh, well, we'll Add have to consider that next time. It's okay. But when, when um, you come back, we'll have some uh, chilled so, tequila. So we took a, a long break. Our listeners on the podcast don't know that, but we took a long break because we had just had this wonderful sidebar conversation. And yeah. we do keep things rolling. So for those of you who want that sidebar conversation, I promise you will not be disappointed. Um, it's on our YouTube. It, it is. It will be eventually. Just keep keep we'll a, just keep watching keep the YouTube. Looking, yeah. The the videos get posted on occasion. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of <laughs> do them all at once. So there's like a good like you'll get three or four all right, at once. Right, because I'll get the the video editing done. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So we went into this awesome little conversation of I think mm. Dana, you would ask, okay. What's the thing about olive oh, oil? Involuntary oh, involuntary celibacy. Oh, we start talking about involuntary celibacy, which led down the conversation of olive oil at the bedside, and yes. um, and then you know, natural lubricant is what was yeah. the yes. answer to that, and I had no idea. But it, but I also didn't know that there was a dryness issue that after, women have. That women have after so after chemo, that would make sense, but um. Well, so I had chemo and I finished at 45 and I still enjoyed a couple years of mm-hmm. like, you know, regular moistness. moistness and fucking, if you will. Uh, but then like, like October of of being 48 years old. I, like, I remember the day. I remember the day. I like woke up. I like rolled Ooh. over on an October. It was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. I rolled over. I was like, oh, I think I, Every, I think I feel very different today. Everything is done. I everything like the so like the, hit the switch. The ovary just hit was like switch. you know it's like flipping me off. I was like fuck you, I'm done. You know, so it wasn't going to produce any more estrogen, which then like leads to the vag- the the wetness in your vagina and the moisture that that you produce and the lubrication and all that sort of stuff. It just sort of just dried up. And the only other time that I had experienced that was right after. Right after my surgery for um, my colon resection and early into chemo, starting my treatments, was that vaginal dryness. And they were like, that's just because your ovaries don't, you know, you only have one left, doesn't know which Mm -hmm. one to go, but it's going to kick in and it'll start producing the estrogens you need to then, you know, have the natural lubrication so that you don't, Mm. don't, you're not walking sandpaper between your legs. So when I woke up on that Tuesday in October of 2017, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been, it was 2017 and I just, I was like, I felt different. Yeah. Um, so now when I talk about, you know, you were like, it's vol- involuntary celibacy and I'm like, well, you know, mine too, but maybe mine might be a little more voluntary because I feel like there's so many more, there's so much more to having sex with me now than, you know, six years ago, five years ago, when it could be like, you know, hey, you're cute. So <laughs> what's wrong with having the 
the lubrication ready to roll. I mean, I think it it comes down to whomever that person is. Like you a know? pinky valve. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, no, it's got to be like a turkey baster at some oh. point. You know, you're gonna like because I don't want to hurt. I don't want to feel my skin you ripping. Need to, you know, I got to yeah. make sure that there's plenty there. You know, because right. otherwise, be like, oh, is that? Are you done yet? Oh, please come now. Let me just let me just give you a blowjob because I can't do any more. Um, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. have that kind of interaction with somebody that you know just met. I just met, which uh, you know, yeah, you know, five, six, ten years ago. That's a whole different story. It was right. more like, here's your bus fare. Go bye. You know? <laughs> bus fare. It's nice to see you. Why are you talking? We have I don't need Ubers you to... now. I know, right? Bye. Yeah, yeah. Uber. I, but I don't feel like. I mean. I'm not going to pay for his Uber home, would, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. But, uh, but you know, so it's a little different. Yeah. And, uh, and you had and uh, had commented that you had just not heard about the vaginal right. dryness. I hadn't. I no. And there's uh, my friends are my age and above. Um, nobody and we talk right. about some really like honest stuff, honest shit. Like especially when it comes to that, because we are with men, and mm-hmm. um, you know, some real stuff comes up. It's like, have you ever? Bitch, no. You know, mm-hmm. you know so did he really, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. And my body did this, you know, mm-hmm. my breast. Can you believe, you know, stuff like that. Um, never uh, has the dryness ever. Uh, or olive oil, for yeah. that matter. So Yeah, that, that came from the doctor. Mm-hmm. So my tip. joke is, is like... Um, because, you know, I like to make jokes of most everything. So, yeah, I need some olive oil. And only if he brings a big baguette with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. But please don't. Uh, is it please olive oil worthy? <laughs> is it olive oil worthy? Yeah. <laughs> is it sponge worthy? Yeah. yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I definitely have been familiar with um, vaginal dryness and have, have heard of it and have experienced it from time to time. Personally, I... For me, I find it waxes and wanes with um, the frequency that I'm with. Which, having sex. Having sex. Boy, we yeah. think so, yeah. Like, you know, if, if yeah. it's more regular, then... Your body's ready for it. It it's is. producing and so, what like, it needs. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm having less of those instances of, like... Dryness. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, what? oh, is that a penis? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that thing that's hitting me. Is that... Do yeah. I, oh, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Or, like... So That's I, a penis. I am curious, though. I mean, because I do know that as menopause comes, that it's on its way, Emily. You got oh, like, well, you got like fifteen. I'm years. thinking optimistically here, but when it happens, like I do know that that is a side effect of it, from what mm-hmm. I've heard, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have also learned that you know, if you you don't use it, you lose it. But likewise, if you use it, you can keep it active. So my thought is just proactive like dryness prevention so masturbate a lot yeah absolutely if you're celibate yeah absolutely with toys because so you gotta Michelle, get that blood flow going I, you know <laughs> I, I right now I, right now i'm dating myself right now and like we're we're just really kind of like getting to know each other we're yeah. on a, we're in a talking we're texting each other <laughs> we're kind of holding out because i don't want to be too easy to myself yeah, yeah. I, you know i want my i, totally I want myself that. to call myself I think you might, you might afterwards need to embrace some like sexting or something <laughs> to myself hey baby you look so yeah. hot today in, yeah. your, in your black jeans and those yeah. great yeah. shoes you should wear that skirt i like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Without 
with that special pair of panties that you yeah. referenced in episode 24. Yeah, the one, well, I the hope one you that have you that don't olive oil. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't be using any of those dusty panties. <laughs> You're already dusty, girl, down there. You don't need the dusty panties. So, you know, and, yeah. and I understand that on a logical point, you know, mm-hmm. like if you don't use it, you lose it. However, emotionally, I can't go there yet. And I'm sorry to disappoint all of our male listeners out there who thought you had a chance. Well, <laughs> like, it's a challenge. Yeah. If you're throwing down the challenge. Speed dial. It's more like um, you got to bring more than just a penis to the game these days. I mean, I a penis was... Got. Hey. <laughs> That's exactly. All I got. Right. We passed that age. We passed that age. I got. Oh, I got a, a fair point. Substance. We've passed the age of substance. Or have we come back to substance? That you got to have more than that. I think they always needed more than that. We were just far too forgiving in the earlier days. Oh, I could be digmatized easy, <laughs> oh. easy in my earlier days. Now yeah. it's more like. Mm, I need I need that and all of that upstairs. You gotta you gotta. I'm be more like I'll take the dick, <laughs> but I just need you to like go away with the silliness and just come back with the dick later. I'll call you. I'll call you when I'm ready for the dick. That's no, who I, I am. I yeah. well, and we are ten years apart. Mm. Oh, and yeah. I totally was about I was about that. So you we'll know. revisit this conversation in ten years. Yeah, right? you're gonna actually in, in, when you're in well, your fifties, you're gonna you're gonna exactly. call me and you're gonna. Go, Bitch, you were right. God, like, but it is well, it's it's I'm involuntarily celibate at the same time because of the foolishness like that comes along mm-hmm. with the foolishness. And men have feelings, too, is what I found out. Um, so there's a book about that. that yeah, <laughs> I found out. <laughs> like, men have men feelings, have too. Men have feelings yeah. too. So, you know, yeah, even though there's an agreement in place, apparently they can um, catch feelings and um, <laughs> decide that that isn't what they want to do. Like, I don't right. want this to be casual anymore. I think we should date. And even though you say no, they can decide, well, you know what? I don't want this to be your agreement anymore. And uh, now yeah. you're asked out without your dick. I had, <laughs> so, I, I, oh, I had yeah. a friend who's in a similar situation yeah. and she has been, she's had a, a, a relationship, uh, well, air quotes, relationship for mm-hmm. many, many years, but he's catching the feels yeah, big time. And she's like, I told him from the very beginning, don't catch the feels. This is, this is what works huh. and it works for me. This is working for you. And, uh, and I'm like, even if it helps, I'll call you. Maybe once a month, if, mm-hmm. if it helps. <laughs> you know, we can move this twice, you know, maybe twice a week thing to once every couple weeks. That's what I did at first. And then, like, if it helps, I can, I can go, you know, mm-hmm. once a month. I right. just know, you know, but you it know, you've got to set boundaries, right? That's yeah. What you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. And my boundaries are basically like castle walls right yeah. now. <laughs> my boundaries are, I'm not calling or texting you until I need it. Ooh, so you're like every guy's dream. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. Apparently, I'm not. I'm controlling. <laughs> oh. So there's two sides to that coin. Yeah. So they want you to be available when they text you, yeah. but not the other way But around. don't text me for dates. Just like, for I don't want to go to the movies. Oh, I- so you so what's cool is what's interesting here is that you're saying look all I all I really want is those four or five hours you know 
No, like I said, when, it's the when, boyfriend when, experience. We we hang we hang out all night. We get up in the morning dinner and leave together. Each other. But you don't. Yeah. But you're at this point in your life. You don't really feel like you want to explore any deeper connection with that. Yeah, not holding hands and going like pretending that I want to listen to you. Like <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And so I totally um, relate to that feeling, and which is kind of. Like, that's how I was. And um, I wanted to have fun. I didn't want to be limited. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be like, oh, no, I can't fuck you because I'm dating him. I didn't want to have any of those limitations put on me. So I was very much my own woman. I still am my own woman. I'm just not even choosing to go and have sex with some random person because I I actually would like more of the holding hands and the companionship with Mm -hmm. it, too. So have... Because I'm old now. <laughs> I kind of thought you were just enjoying, you know, your alone time. Because that's where I'm at. I'm enjoying my B time. So have either of you considered uh, an escort service? I have. Yeah, I mean, because that th- that you get the boyfriend experience, mm-hmm. you know, um, without the commitment. Mm-hmm. Without the, you know, the disappointment of... We don't have a... Uh... We don't have like what men have out there though. Like mm-hmm. there's plenty of women. Men could just go out and like go pick one up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not, it's not the same. I've never had, I've never indulged. I've never actually bought a man. I haven't seen anything I would purchase. <laughs> like, I was, like the, the stuff that's out there, um, when, when I looked, it was like, why would someone pay for this? You yeah. know? Sounds like so. there's room to start a business. Yes. That's what I thought. Right? Like, really, I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, I I have have no desire to pay for somebody's company. I would rather spend time with myself or my friends. But see, you that's know. the thing, Michelle. You're missing it. That's the men will tell you you're not paying for the company. You're paying for them to leave. To oh, leave? I love that. Yeah, you're paying for them to leave. You're not paying for the company. Well, I've had many leaves, so ain't I, that I, right? <laughs> wow yeah. That's I like that I just didn't realize this whole conversation today would be at my be about my dusty vagina and my lack of sorry. my lack of you know intimacy I just, I, 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 and I'm, I'm uh, so sorry I mean I'm I'm feeling a little exposed here today well let's let's bring this back to what kind of inspired us to actually have this conversation on the show which is you know Dana you had talked about amongst your friends um, this was just a really new topic. And so it, it, to you, it rose the question of, is this, you know, oh, is yeah. this a, is there is a this, racial a difference white person, here? A white yeah. girl you know? issue or? Yeah. I, I was going to ask my, if we didn't talk about it, I was going to go home and ask my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I ask her all the white girl questions. She answers them really honestly to me. Well, it, as long as she's like in her 50s. Cause well, I she's, I think we're the same age. Okay. Because um, if she was maybe. younger, it's not going to be an issue yet. No, we're the same age. And, and you might not want to frighten her. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you don't want to be like, hey, guess what's coming down the pike? Yeah. Sandpaper between your legs. But it's I, like, when what you were, white woman told you this? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was a, that was a curiosity because when you were having this conversation, you're like, you seriously were like, I've never heard of this before. And we talk about this. And so I did ask you on the break, I'm like, well, do you think this is a white girl versus a black girl know. thing? And I don't know either. Not versus, but mm-hmm. oh, oh, that's, the, compa- yeah. that's the wrong like, word. Not, not versus, but yeah, I, I don't know that it. Maybe a white girl thing. I'm gonna ask. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna take a poll. I'm gonna send out a mass text to all my white girlfriends tomorrow 
and ask them if they've will dealt you, with will dry you, vagina. Do you know will you about share all the results? <laughs> Denise, but, you're on the text. <laughs> <laughs> but will you also send this out to your black oh, yeah, girlfriends? All, oh, they're getting it first. And then, and then share the results with us. I can do that. Part two of our visit with Dana Kelly will be released next week. Until then, if you have any comments, questions, stories you wish to share, please call our comment line at 812-727-0794, or you can drop us an email at clitorallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. For more information on resources for survivors of sexual assault, if you're in the St. Louis region, you can contact the YWCA's Regional Sexual Assault Center at 314-531-1115, or if you're in Illinois, you can call Call for Help's Sexual Assault Victims Care Unit at 618-397-0975. Everywhere else in the nation, please call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 800-656-HOPE. So until next week, cheers. Cheers.